0: every time you do something you you gain a bit more strength and the more and more i put myself out there the more and more i realize that you know we can all pretty much achieve everything we really want if we just set our minds to it and really make it happen these days i'm giving less fucks yeah. <laughs> less and less the fucks. less
1: fucks you give the happier um, you are it's
0: yeah it's been a it's been a nice transition you need to love all parts of yourself before anyone else will love you not disowning parts of yourself yeah actually owning all parts and then loving all parts and then you open yourself up more likely for other people to love you. You know, if you don't love yourself, who else will?
1: Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realize there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. Today we welcome our second male guest to the show who is also connected to The Bachelor, like Osha, but quite by coincidence. So I'm not just going through Bachelor alumni to find my guests, I promise. Although it wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing, there's some pretty interesting cats on that show. But what I love about Tim Robards is that while he was indeed the first ever Australian Bachelor and the first marriage to come out of the show, he is far more than just a pretty face. As a sports chiro by trade, Tim has degrees in physics and medical science and a Masters of Chiropractic. He is also a wellness educator through his program, The Robards Method, which we'll chat about today, and now an actor making his debut on Neighbours as Pierce Grayson earlier this year. If that weren't enough, he's also moved into producing through Robards Productions. He's a casual pianist and more woo-woo than you might expect. Introducing the multifaceted and all round legend, Mr. Tim Robards. Thank you so much for joining us today, Timmy. Pleasure. Or us joining Welcome you.
0: Welcome you, welcoming you into my um, messy home. I oh, know it's actually not messy
1: at all. It's, it's <laughs> so very of, real we, we did a, We
0: did a lot of cleaning up before you <laughs> came.
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much for having us in your home. Thank you. That's actually one of the things I love to start with is asking everyone what the most down to earth thing is about them. And coming into someone's home always makes you realise, oh, they're a human. <laughs> yeah. But you and Anna are so ridiculously good looking, and you can seem so flawless on the outside. So can you break the ice for us and tell us something that's super. Normal, superhuman about you.
0: Super normal and superhuman. Um, I pick my nails a lot. Um, nice. <laughs> and flick them out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We just—you've only got to look around here. Look at the place. It's a mess. We're only, <laughs> only human. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, we're just. Yeah, we 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 are just like every other person out there.
1: Yeah, just love your coffee. Like I, you've made yeah. us a, a great concoction. Tell us about the concoction.
0: Um, so this is a. Bulletproof, basically. I've used my little Nespresso machine. Um, So basically, a long black, you throw in some MCT oil and uh, some ghee. So, you know, if you're a vegan, you can cut out the ghee and just have the MCT oil. Um, But, yeah, basically just kind of softens a long black and there's a few good fats in there to keep you going, get your brain on fire and start the day.
1: Mm, I actually love, even in the first, like since we walked in, your sciencey brain has been coming out, which is amazing. And I think, you know, you're a pretty big deal since shooting to fame in the first season of The Bachelor. And it's actually really difficult to find much information from before that, I think because there's just so many articles, you know, <laughs> pumping out. There's so much content.
0: Of like, you know, how many babies we're having. In yeah, the I saw
1: that. <laughs> I was like, I'm just I'm not even gonna read it. I'm just gonna ask you in person. <laughs> but yeah, I think the coolest thing about shooting to fame in that way is that you had a career beforehand. Like you're not just TV famous, you're not just Instagram famous, you actually are a sports cairo and you have, you know, a, a full career and everything separate to everything that's come since then. So I want to hear about your way to yay, I call it. So how did you get to now? And obviously mm. living a life full of seizing your yay, yep. how did you get there?
0: Well, <sighs> I'd say, you know, I've always, I kind of come back to what do I feel like my my purpose is here and it's always sort of been around health and wellness and, and helping people. And if I look back to where that started, that kind of started back, I think, with my grandma. So I grew up with my grandma um, doing Chinese massage and she did kung and she did uh, tai chi and basically everything Chinese except she wasn't Chinese <laughs> and it just taught you know there was, there was a very different way to look at things you know she'd we'd be driving in the car she'd pull over on the side of the road and there'd be like a jacaranda tree and she'd be like breathe in the color breathe in the color and back then I was I still <laughs> always had a very sort of scientific brain even at probably five or six when I you'd be like you can't breathe it in jacaranda trees don't smell plus the windows are up in the car what are you talking about <laughs> she's like no there's a healing energy you know it's just oh, she was, a, yeah, before she I was, was and since like I then Went on to study a degree in photonics and light physics, and you look at the healing colours of of the purple light from you know from the from the jacaranda tree. There's yeah, she was way ahead of her time. Then she'd go down to you know we'd be doing she'd be doing tai chi on the beach, and she'd be like, right, ready, watch the sun burst out of the ocean, watch the water boil and bubble, and watch it. It's gonna come, it's gonna come. And we'd I'd be like, that's not how the sun doesn't come out of the ocean, you know? It's (laughs) that's not the
1: scientific explanation. I
0: just love her way of looking at things and the beauty in the world and looking at things a little bit differently so that kind of and my mum was a nurse my mum was always very caring she was nursing she was um doing a lot of um social work so i kind of grew up with that then my dad he was more an accountant and very analytical in different ways you know so i kind of got a mixture of all of that and then i was like how do i use that to help people So long story short, over the years, I found chiropractic was a way of looking, you know, learning everything from the medical world and and that, but then looking at things a little bit different and thinking outside the box. And I really gelled with um, a lot of the people that I was at uni with because it was just a different way to, you know, to challenge the status quo a little bit. And um, not not to go one side where there are some chiropractors who are a little bit like, one way little, <laughs> yeah. you know got some very wild thoughts but um you know just to just to also not sit there and be like a sheep and go oh, okay it is like this because you said it is you know it's yeah. just to, to go why ask the questions and so um i think that's where my first degree was in physics which is just the it's sort of the wire behind all other sciences yeah. you know you got biology you got chemistry but physics is the one that's underneath all of them that explains everything everything Mm -hmm. so I've always liked to understand why things are the way they are and then um, understand the fundamental rules like in a, a physics equation and then you can insert that equation into any scenario in your life and get an answer or get on the right path.
1: And then you did biomedical science
0: after? Yeah, so I, well, I did exercise science to start and exercise science in rehab and it was a four year degree and I got to the end of it and I was like, you know, this is, you're kind of a bit of a glorified personal trainer, nothing that there's wrong, there's nothing wrong with that, but I'd just done four years of uni and I could have just gone and done my PT course and been working already and I was like, you know, I've learned all this extra stuff that you actually isn't that practical you know it's all the science behind you know the Krebs cycle this and that and you, you don't need to know that when you're just telling someone to stop eating so much shit mm. <laughs> so I, I then moved on to medical science and finished that i actually graduated with medical science but that was because i knew i was going to go into chiropractic and it was a quick way to transition transition yeah, yeah.
1: So, not just so, a pretty face.
0: Yeah, well, my my um my sort of the, the boys used to say or well, everyone used to say at uni um the 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 Robards method back then was less is more. I was oh, you really started good. it back then. I was really good at doing the the least amount of work to get the most amount of uh, results. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: a very smart, very efficient. So whether w. that was study, whatever <laughs> it was, it was yeah. And so, just to make us all feel better. Did you ever go through like an awkward teenage phase or have you always just looked like James Bond?
0: So I was – I reckon that was a good growth phase, I think, for me. When I was about 14, you know, I used to have – really good skin as a kid growing up like my, people would come up to Mum and say your kid just has amazing skin you know <laughs> and yeah so then when I was 14 um I started getting a couple of pimples and Mum freaked out so she's like oh, I took me to a you know beautician and got me the latest like I had this full regime of a cleanser and a toner and a moisturizer and this and all this so at 14 you know had to keep that quiet from all the other all the other boys yeah that wouldn't have and well you know, skin, it was just teenage skin and I was trying to, you know, I was cutting out a few things in my diet. That started getting me, like, interested in my diet, actually, and um, looking into that. And then, you know, it didn't get much worse, but it didn't get any better. So then she's like, oh, we've got to go to the next level. So we went to Elabache, and I'm going to rubbish them for a minute because they put me on these marine ampoule things, which it's like an oil that you rub on your skin. They said, oh, it might get a little bit better worse before it gets better. Anyway, it broke me out into proper acne. Oh. Like, it, I never had that. I had the odd pimple here and there. It, as soon as I started using that, it just broke me out. It was really bad. And, you know, I just remember having, like, a like pizza face. And at the same time, I got oh. braces. So, oh. you know, when you're just starting to get interested in girls and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I just Timing. had this frigging pizza face and braces and... You know, you'd have almost like some days you'd have like boils on your face, you know, that you, you're like, oh, shit, am I like weeping past at the moment? It's so disgusting. Um, but so reassuring so to was, everyone listening that, yeah, you know,
1: you can still end so up as Timmy Roberts.
0: <laughs> that was um, great character building. So I've been in a position where you're just so nervous to even sit in front of someone and have a conversation with them because they're probably looking at all the spots on your face. And you don't know if you're yeah losing pus out of your face. <laughs> <laughs> and right at the time when you're trying to meet girls, you know. Oh, that's tough. So um, yeah, so got through that, and um, I think that you know has uh, has stuck with me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it's good. It gives you it gives you an insight, and, and it's yeah. nice to hear you've struggled with the same things that we've all struggled with. <laughs> but talking about meeting girls, what ended up drawing you to Batchi? Because you were the very first bachelor in Australia.
0: Yeah. Um, they so they approached me. Early on in the piece, and just said, "There's well." First, they came to me and they said, um,
1: "How did they you know, know? How did they know you?"
0: I think uh, a couple of people that I'd treated in my clinic worked oh. for Channel Ten, had suggested me, oh, yeah, and okay. then I'd also done a bit of modelling in the past, and a casting agent had known of me, and so they, so my. Office got an email just saying, Oh, there's a TV show interested in talking to you. So I called them up and they said, Look, we've got this show about love. You know, look, we, and at the time I'd just gotten back into a relationship. They're like, We know you're in a relationship, but we'd love to see if you've got any friends in your circle. So I was like, Yeah, look, I'll, you know, I'll keep, I'll have a think and let you know. And Long story short, I ended up breaking up with my girl, not long after that, it just wasn't working again. We gave it one last shot. They caught wind of that, started like <gasps> the hounding How me going, right, now like not just not to do it. They're just like, Look, come in and do the audition, do the audition and I kept sort of palming it off and I I was not in a good place, you know, I came out of that and I was, I was pretty down and I wasn't like, yeah, I'm ready to just go and jump into something like that. But the thought of it, I was like, oh, it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I'd seen a bit of the the American stuff and they ended up one time, I remember there was one conversation, they said, look, we'll come to you then. And I said, all right, we'll come. They came to this place where you are right now. No way. We sat, we sat here, they recorded me for like an hour and I sat there I was really honest because I wasn't trying to sort of suck up their you know, I didn't, I didn't really want wanted or think that i wanted it so i was very honest and open about all my questions reservations and 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 what i what i wanted how i wanted them to see me and then that it, yeah long story short it just snowballed from there and next minute they're like we want you to do it and i was like holy shit this is happening and i had to do i was like you know what i'm i'm not in a, a the the point i was like a year ago I was a total different person i'd really gotten down into a very stressed shell of a human being at that stage yeah. and I had to do a lot of work on myself before I had about a month or something you know and I'm like right so I had a I got a um, mate of mine who's a life coach and I went and did some stuff with Martini, and I did a lot of work I saw a psychologist I did a lot of work on myself to get to a really strong mental state to get through what was going to be the Bachelor, because as you hear, you know, you see the Honey Badger just said he's done like some of the hardest things in his career, and nothing really compared to what he just to went the through. Show. It's yeah. it's a beast, and, and you didn't
1: know what to expect. I mean, it was nah. the first time it had been in the country.
0: Yeah, now was one of the big things I did say to the, the the main producer. I said, look, if this is a show about drama, I don't want to be on it. I don't want to be part of it. If this show is about two people falling in love with a bit of humor and a bit of fun, and obviously there's going to be a little bit of drama, but if your main intention is to make a show about two people falling in love, I'm in. If your main intention is about creating drama just to get ratings, I'm not in. And he... Was you know I was hoping it was pretty honest with him. He said, "Well, first season we want to make it about two people falling in love." So um, I had to trust that and and go off that, and then the rest of it was just up to kind of fate in a way. I think we both, I believe in the the law of it, you know, the laws of attraction. And Hannah um, and I both went in kind of similar way. She didn't know she didn't apply for it. Her friend put her in for it, and she thought she was actually going in as the Bachelorette. Oh. Once it was you know, so yeah. she's like, oh, all, right, "All right, okay, I'll do it." You know? And then she oh got a gosh. rude surprise when she only had me to choose.
1: And then she had to compete for you as well. <laughs> yeah, well she
0: that's the thing I loved about Anna. She never really competed for me. She was just like, you know, this is me. If you like me, that's it. She didn't try. She didn't get worried about the other girls, which is what it should be. You're not going in there necessarily to be better than another girl. You're just going in there to be your best self. And if you and I click, then that's great.
1: And you if guys not, just got married. Yeah, yeah. so you're five you're years the later. First marriage out of the batchy. Yeah. <laughs> And your wedding was in Puglia in Italy. Puglia, yeah. It looked absolutely beautiful. Yeah,
0: we, um, yeah, we, that's the hardest bit is picking where you're going to get married. And, you know, uh, we're like, do we have it here? Do we go overseas? And we just wanted, because, you know, because our relationship is in the media to a certain degree, um, we thought, you know what, we just want to get as far away from that as possible. So we we kept it all under lock and key and and just went overseas and did it our way and had everyone follow us over. Oh, so So, beautiful. It looked amazing. Yeah, it was good. I thought, you know, we've got to, everyone's gone so far. We had 110 people over there and they've all flown over from Australia. So um, we have to kind of make it worth their while. So it
1: was like a four day extravaganza. Yeah, yeah. and then we had a, (laughs) a
0: like a six day mate moon after that with 20. 20 of our friends as well on a boat no, no so um way. it was it was good fun oh. still paying for it now but yeah but totally worth it <laughs> yep.
1: and so you've kept on with uh, the tv career since then yep. and have done a couple of other reality tv shows so it was i'm a celebrity get me out of here yep. and then dancing with the stars yep and then australian ninja warrior
0: Something. Yeah, I argue with Anna about that one. I'm like, that's not really reality TV as such. That's no, It's kind true. of like a mixture between... like, it's like a game like, sport. I call it the Olympics. It is basically the Olympics. <laughs> sort Nick of. wants
1: to go on it so bad.
0: <laughs> so, it's like it's like mini Olympics.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you... Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. You're, so, you're an yeah, Olympian. I'll put I, that in your bio. It was funny. I said...
0: Um, yeah, I'd originally said, uh, when I came out of the Bachelor, I was like, I'm not going to do Dancing with the Stars and that sort of stuff, and then had the opportunity, and there was actually a good opportunity for TRM, for the Robards Method and yeah. Channel 7, and um, and did it, but then, you know, the, the experience, I was like, well, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so is that why, what drew you back into it, is the opportunity to then spread your actual things. career?
0: I felt like... On The Bachelor, you have to, um, first time on TV, you feel like you've got to be The Bachelor in this Mr. Perfect. And, you know, you go on to every interview you do, everyone's trying to get a headline out of you. So they're throwing questions at you to bait you all the time. So when you go into these conversations, you're in protective mode. So you're you're thinking of everything five times before you say it, and you can't actually show much of your actual personality. Mm -hmm. So I was having to almost felt like I was having to play this character. So... I was like, you know, what? it's a kind of a good opportunity because, you know, I could, we could have, after The Bachelor, we could have just gone into, you know, not done anything in the media, just gone back to our own lives and you wouldn't have heard anything from us. But for me, you know, one of my goals is to help as many people as possible to be as healthy as possible. And so it did give me an audience and a medium to do that. So that's why I've continued to kind of stay in the, in the media and in, in, that's one big part of it. So yeah, it just got to a point I, I needed to, I just wanted to show more of who I am and I thought, firstly, the first, oh, I think the first opportunity was the jungle. I'm a celebrity get me out of here. And I yeah. thought, oh, that could be kind of cool. You know, there'll be, I'll be out there in the jungle. I'll be able to, you know, show like, I don't, you know, there'll be lots of physical challenges and there'll be mental challenges and I'll be able to show that. I got in there and literally for a week, we just sat there, did nothing. All they did was starve us and Boris, and it was like, you know, it was really like sitting on the side of a cricket match and just sitting there for hours. (laughs) And it was just, you know, if you can talk a lot of shit for hours, you'll come across well. So it just, it actually wasn't, it wasn't like survival where you have to go and do stuff. I mean, they've upped it a little bit more now, but initially they thought with that show that they'd. By starving us and by boring us they'd get good content out of us and I think they've realized they need to inject more now they give them you know musical instruments they give them um, a lot more little challenges within the camp to do. We just sat there and got bored shitless and it actually oh, it's a wasn't shame. yeah it was kind of like you know it just wasn't a place where I could actually really thrive yeah so um, they didn't really give me the chances that I thought I would get going in there. Um, and then in plus one of the things they're like, Oh, you know, you'll be able to take your chiropractic skills in there and help everyone. Anyway, the first, the first person I go to, you know, is like, Oh, I've got a bad neck. I go to do some treatment on him. Over the loudspeaker says, uh, no chiropractic treatment will be given. You can only use soft tissue techniques. So I'm like, all right. And this ended up being, it was Laura who's, you know, a Miss X universe. And, um, so I'm like, all right, now they just want me to give her a shoulder massage. So I'm doing it in a very, um, you know. <laughs> (laughs) ART technique way not just a central shoulder massage anyway when I watched it back they've they've recorded it like yeah they've got some like kinky music going they keep (laughs) going back to Anna's look trying to make out that Anna's like suspicious and you know so you realize pretty soon that in those sort of shows you're more of a pawn in their thing whereas on The Bachelor I had a lot of control Over, You know, if I don't get up one day, there's no show. So if you don't want something to go a certain way, you have a lot of power Mm. in how it goes down. Whereas on a show like that, you're just at their mercy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so now you've taken a step away from reality TV completely and away from showing your own personality to being Pierce Grayson (laughs) so how did that come about did you ever think you'd end up as an actual actor do you have acting experience or did it just come out of not a
0: lot I have always been I've always been a big movie buff and I I think back in the day maybe when I, I was six we went over to the States and we went and I just remember going around looking at all the celebrities houses and and things that maybe that and we went to Universal Studios I think initially that implanted something in my brain and then when i was 21 i was um keanu reeves stand-in and body double second line in the matrix two and three and getting on set and seeing how that kind of worked like that was unreal being on a set and just seeing the the creativity that goes on it was just so exciting and i think there was part of me was like man this would be cool to do but because i was on my way to being a chiropractor studying it was just, that was my life path and you know you you, I used to think you just you wear one hat in your life, you know, you become a chiropractor, that's it, that's your career. But I've I got a point where at, over the last couple of years, I've gone for a couple of little acting lessons and I've thought, you know, I'd, I'd like to give it a go. I'm hesitant. I don't. I doubt myself a lot with it. And it was always 15th thing on my priority list. And uh As I spoke to you just before this about when I got pulled over driving, (laughs) I was trying to run some lines in a script with Anna and uh, didn't see the speed limit and uh, just got pulled over and got a little smack on the wrist (laughs) because I missed a speed sign and because my brain was on remembering lines. So that kind of uh, turned me off, I think, for a little bit there, learning that script. So I put it away for like nine months. (laughs) So anyway, the start of this year... I um, I was finally, I was like, you know what? I have to make this. I've got to give it a crack. I have to make it like my top priority. So I did and I booked into acting lessons and groups and classes. So I did something every single week and did that for the whole year and then had this audition come through and my agent was like, you know, do you think you're ready? We can put you forward for it. And I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. May as well. And got the role. So that's how it kind of came about and that's, i've just made that at the start of the year i made the switch i'm like you know what i want to i want to give this a really good crack and and commit to it so i'm at a place now where i can and um yeah and, and doing that so yeah it's all happening
1: i think you're such a good example of the fact that you do often start in a career and think your life is linear like i was a lawyer i thought i was going to be a lawyer forever it's not going to go anywhere but now you've gone in so many different directions and just Set your mind to something without experience, without background, and going. I'm going to upskill and do this. And if you put yourself out there, you can really take any direction that That's you want. That's
0: probably the biggest, yeah, it's the biggest thing I've learned in all of like the TV stuff that I've done. It is extremely confronting. You're always expanding your comfort zone. You're always you know wobbling bloody at the knees and butterflies in the stomach but every time you do something you you gain a bit more strength and the more and more i put myself out there the more and more i realize that you know we can all pretty much achieve everything we really want if we just set our minds to it and really make it happen, you know. So it takes a lot of work. And they say, you know, with a new craft, there's the, the 10,000 hours you've got to put in, you know. So I'm, I'm slowly chipping away. At that. That's pretty daunting. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if I don't start now, you know, it'll never happen. And I, I just believe if you really put something, put it out there, you know, to the universe or whatever you call that in, you know, whatever your beliefs are, if you put it out there, I believe you attract things in if you're really committed to that when you're on and I, and I feel like when you're really on your path where you're meant to go things just either people will come into your life if you fall off track where you're meant to go people will come into your life to challenge you a lot of times that won't be nice but they'll get you back onto track where you're meant to go and if you keep if you don't listen to that you'll, you'll keep getting pushed around from side to side you know but if you do listen to it you get more on track and I feel now in my life I'm more on track than I've ever been with where I'm meant to go that's really And enjoying exciting. the journey. You know? Yeah,
1: amazing. And so yeah. you're still finding time for the Robards Method? Yep. Tell yep. us about that.
0: Yeah, so the method is um, we've just kicked off our Summer Body Challenge. Yeah. Now, um, we do that once a year, but people can join the program at any stage. But I found, you know, it was, basically came about by one, my love for, I'd got into a lot of, you know, using rings and calisthenics and bar training, getting away from the old school. I used to play footy and, you know, it was all about lifting big weights. And, I, as a chiropractor, I'd always be looking at people and their function and going, right, you, you, you're you, not moving well. You don't have the mobility, the flexibility, the strength at end range and, and the quality of movement and you're getting all these injuries. So I was finding I was actually doing less and less on my table and more and more on the gym floor or out, outside the room, taking them through healthy, better movement. And so that's where I kind of I put all that together and created a program that, Involves a mixture of mobility work, a lot of calisthenics, body-weighted exercises and rings. So it's it's something that I was like, what? Well, how can I hit the most amount of people? Because as a chiropractor, I don't rule people out. If you're over 60, I don't go, oh, I don't see over 60s or I only see gymnasts or what, you know, I see everyone. So I created a program for everyone, which might be from a marketing point of view isn't great because your market <laughs> is so targeted. wide, it's not targeted. <laughs> but from what I wanted to do for people was... Is not rule anyone else out and when it comes to using rings and that you can take someone who is a total beginner and you can you know put the rings at a certain angle and just do simple simple movements and you can take them all the way up to people at a gymnastics level like olympic gymnast level they're probably one of the most the, the simplest piece of equipment that will cover the most amount of people and it's probably you know and you can mimic most of the the exercises you can do in a gym without having to lug big heavy machines or weights around. So I was like, right, I'm going to create a program that takes someone from total beginner up to almost that gymnastics Olympic gymnast level and you know it's it's not something that you can do you can't do that in three months mm. you know it's years so I created a program that is goes four years if you really want to you know yeah so there's so awesome. much yeah there's so much in it I'm really proud of it but it, it is a big a lot of people do say you know is it for me is it you know I see you on there and it's like I isn't it just for <laughs> you know advanced people, people or yeah Ninja Warrior. Or, exactly that you know and then <laughs> but then at the same time you know there's so many I, I make I I now try and make it a thing to call 10 members every day and some of the stories I get because I don't get to see a lot of it and it's the, the age group is kind of the 25 up to 45 mainly probably peak age group is 30 to 35 and I um, a lot of these people, they're not necessarily posting a lot of their stuff on social media. So I don't get to see a lot of the results and things. But when I get on the phone, they're like, you know what? I've, I've found my healthy weight. I've just lost 10 kilos doing this, doing your 721, your nutritional stuff. Or um, I never could do a single chin up, and now I'm doing chin ups. And it's quite so empowering insane. and really nice to hear people. And what that does for you, not just from a physical point of view, but from that mental, emotional state of achieving things like, you know, a chin up. for a a girl is a a pretty big thing it's so strengthening to empowering to to do something so simple sounds so simple but um, what it takes to get there and then that sense of achievement you can then put that into every other bit of your life
1: yeah absolutely I'm so self-congratulatory I did one chin-up once in my life and I've been you know (laughs) sliding on the back of that success for a long time yeah (laughs) and so what's the 721 that you mentioned that's a big part of the program
0: So a big part of when I look at nutrition, part of my job as a chiropractor, you know, people think, Oh, don't you just crack bones but it's it's about helping you to get healthy and if you're coming in with an issue, I've got to help you to either all if it's a if it's a bigger problem, like if you're inflammatory, you know, it's not necessarily just because you're sitting at a desk, it could be because your nutrition's all off. You're you know, you're poisoning your body with your environment. So if it's simple stuff, I'll do it when it comes to nutrition. If it's more advanced stuff, I'll refer off. But most of the time, it's pretty simple. People are so far out of whack these days. So if I can get them, simplify, get them back on track with just, really it comes down to eating more real food, then I've done most of my job. You know, People try and go, oh, I need the latest blue algae, this and that and that, and all that stuff's great, but, and I take it, (laughs) (laughs) it's, you know, if you don't get the simple stuff right first,
1: it doesn't matter does It doesn't it?
0: matter. You know, what's, oh, should I take creatine and this? It's like, just make, first get to the gym and get your nutrition. Like, just eat some good, healthy food. And then if you're peeking out on that, then maybe look at, you know, other stuff. But everyone wants this magic pill. So 721 is basically um, you break down your week. So 70, 20, 10%. So 70% of your week, 70% of the food that goes into your mouth. Ideally, should be whole food, where when it gets to your kitchen, you can identify everything as it comes from a from a tree, from the plant, from a, you know an animal. If you're an animal eater that eats food that an animal normally eats, then you take it, you prep it, and and we have a sort of a balance of what the proportions look like on your plate. That's seventy percent of your week, so real food when you look at your plate you should be able to identify everything that's on there if you look at it and you see a sauce that you haven't either made yourself or you know then that's you don't know how much sugar or whatever's in that so that doesn't That means it's not a 70 percenter. 20 percent is sensible. So that is where, you know, if you want spaghetti bolognese, instead of just having meat and pasta, why not either add in some zucchini noodles, put a few steamed veggies on the side, grate some veggies into it, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe swap your meat for a different type of, you know, you might want to go vegan that night or whatever, you know, just be a bit more sensible about the traditional foods, even something like pizza. Instead of just going for Domino's pizza, you can make tweak a few of those ingredients to actually be a lot more healthy and a lot more whole foods. Yeah, Not absolutely. all the way to a 70 percent but still <laughs> you're just a little bit more sensible about those foods, those normal comfort foods. And then 10% is relaxed. So whatever that means to you. So that may mean if you've got, you know, it's your birthday and it's bloody cheesecake out there. I've got cheesecake <laughs> in the fridge right now. That's my 10% relax. I was
1: going to say, what does it mean for you? Yeah. What's your
0: 10%? That's, well, cheesecake, um, <laughs> chocolate, you know, alcohol. Like, you know, but I keep it at 10% or less. Yep. So I think most people when they look at their meals and you can so you can look at a meal and you go is that a 10 a 20 or a 30, or a 70 sorry and a lot of people when they get on the 721 they start looking they're like holy shit I'm eating you know maybe that's a 20 but that one there is a 10% you know it's full of refined foods and sugars and things like that so when they start to actually look at their food and up their 70%ers um, and try and get it to 70% of their diet, you really can't go wrong. You, 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 your body will find a much better balance. Mm. And then if you still have issues and you have certain genetic things where you need to cut you know, wheat, gluten, this, that, that, you can do that. But for the most part, people just need to get the simple stuff right. And that's mm, something 721 you can keep for the rest of your life. You know, It's not a diet that's not uh, sustainable. Yeah, and you you're know? not
1: actually missing out on anything. It's just nah. the proportions that you're tweaking. You just, exactly. You just yeah. you know
0: it's a it's a. I don't like to call them cheat meals. I just call them you know the the treat. Ten percent meals. It's more of a treat. You know you want to celebrate that. You don't want to feel guilty. People feel so guilty about when they have some you know some discretionary foods. You want to celebrate that. Life's there to be enjoyed. You know you can't say you can never have a bit of chocolate again, but you know at the same time you don't need to eat the whole block.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Damn it.
0: <laughs> So unless, well, unless that's, you know, if you can somehow work that, in, you'd have to eat a shite load of 70% yeah. to up the ratio.
1: <laughs> well, we just gave Timmy some of our matcha chocolate, which is green colored. So I think that's basically a vegetable. So Pretty I much. think that, that's Pretty a 70%. <laughs> <laughs> so it all looks very, very sorted and glamorous on the outside. But, you know, you've shared already a couple of things that have surprised me about the less glamorous behind the scenes or you were talking about wanting to show the real you. That's what I love about these conversations is that you get to see the really successful, seizing your yay every day kind of person, but then you also get to investigate the stuff that makes you normal, like self-doubt before acting, before something you've not done before. And, for example, I think you're really well known for your physique, which means that people, fortunately or unfortunately, that people are paying really close attention to what you do all the time. So do you ever feel pressure for your body image to look a particular way do you ever get self-conscious do you have self-doubt and if you know do you get food guilt if you've kind of overindulged and how did you you know how do you deal with the fact that you're you're in the public eye all the time does that
0: also I really try and change it to how I feel I base myself off how I feel feeling how I feel in my body I don't think, you know, if I go on like I'll go over to Anna's mum's place sometimes and she'll have this huge big meal and then a massive dessert and I eat it and I kind I might feel a bit guilty but it's also it's more so because I'm like, well, oh, you know, I shouldn't have eaten so much. I do, you know, I can I've got that clean plate syndrome. If it's on my plate, I'll eat it and I probably <laughs> yeah. you know, I might make, I might lose my 10% ratio there. <laughs> but usually if I have that big night there, i then I'll know and I'll go in the back of my head I'll go, right, you know, I might just leave another 4 or 5 days before I have something like that. But You know, I just – I start to feel – I I feel that way. I don't think, oh, all of a sudden I'm going to have an extra bit of fat on my stomach from that meal. Like I don't – you know, I'm not thinking like that, but I just feel – flat and blah and i go home and you know i just i don't feel like um i just feel like a whale that needs to lay on the bed you know you don't feel like getting (laughs) frisky you're not a good husband you know you know when you just had you know (laughs) so it all comes down to how i feel um when i get up the next day you know if you you know sometimes you might have an upset stomach because of what you ate the next night i just don't feel you don't feel like training you're not yourself and so it's not so much about what I look like. I try and really get into how I feel. However, I like to practice what I preach and lead by example. And it's not necessarily—I don't say like—it does help to have a physique that people can, I guess, you know, if they aspire to or they—they're you know—they're inspired by what you do. Like from a functional point, I put up a thing the other day. I was doing some, you know, some stuff on the rings, you know, and. It's a funny one with social media because some people will kind of say, you know, like you set an unrealistic example for people that most people can't achieve. That is something I go, yeah, do it. Am I Am I creating an unhealthy mindset for someone out there or no, am I just doing something that I, I want to inspire people with? And it's a funny balance, you know. I can't control what goes through someone's head but I always try if you read what I say and not just look at the image. You know, that's what people have always, they look at me and they'll go, oh, he's just the guy who does tune-ups on the, on the beach. You know, mm-hmm. I sat next to someone on a plane and she was, she was exactly like that. She goes, oh, I thought you were just that guy who does tune-ups down at Bondi Beach. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. And she's like, actually, when she starts talking, she's like, actually, you know, you, you're a totally different person. And You're a science nerd. <laughs> yeah, and I sometimes, you know, that's one thing I sometimes struggle with is that you people only look at the surface layer and they don't see what's underneath. And so that's been a, a a big thing that I've struggled with my through my life, but at the same time i'm not about to stop. Part of me goes, "Oh, I should just like fatten up and lose lose any kind of fitness health <laughs> and people might listen to me more yeah. but um no nah, i i just I feel better in myself when I'm fit and healthy I'm exercising regularly, and I guess my you know from a physique point of view is just a reflection of the lifestyle I live, and I want people to see that not everyone will. You know, some people are very visual and they're like, I want to look like that, or, you know, I don't want to create that. I want to just, I'd like people when they look at me to see someone that is a reflection of their lifestyle and that they can be a reflection of their own lifestyle with their genetics. But, you know, hopefully they want to, you know, I think most people are not living to their full potential. And, you know, like we've talked about today, having a crack at new things, doing all that. If I can inspire people to, live life to their full potential then i'm doing my job and i've kind of yeah i'm not uh not going to hold back in doing that yeah and i also also think
1: one of my favorite quotes is you don't have to dull your sparkle just because it's shining in other people's eyes so you're not going to have to you know get fat like a whale to make (laughs) other people feel better that's not the inspiring message that you're hoping to to put out there yeah uh, so another side of the behind the scenes, like the less glamorous behind the scenes is things that say nay TA. So things that get in the way of your happiness, yep. like anxiety or um, injury. I know you've ripped your bicep off your, oh, yeah. off the bone before. Yep. Yep. Do you have, you know, you've obviously had some darker times not being able to do your job and get out there. Have you had anxiety? Do you, do you yeah, struggle um, with anything?
0: I- I'm pretty good when it comes to. I've got a good. I've done a lot of work. It's you know on my mindset. So from a depression point of view, I've never. You know, there's some times where I've been a bit depressed. I've broken up with someone. I've never gone into depression. I don't let myself hang there for too long. I get out of it, and I've 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 been able to do that. Anxiety wise, you know, sometimes I I get a little flustered like when i'm always pushing myself out of my comfort zone and i can tell when i'm when you're constantly doing that you are running on more fight or flight you know so your adrenals are going and you can i can find myself getting a little adrenally exhausted and constantly you know having butterflies a lot of the time and and anxiety so i have to kind of really when you full steam ahead sometimes you've got to take that time off to to sit there and go okay what why am I anxious? What am I? Do I am I putting unrealistic expectations on myself on someone else? Am I freaking out about the putting too much emphasis on the worst case scenario instead of you know what's the worst that could go wrong? Mm. These days I'm giving less fucks, yeah. <laughs> less and less. The fucks. less fucks
1: you give, the happier um, you are. It's,
0: yeah, it's been a, it's been a nice transition, and, and even you know as an actor, you have to do that. You have to you have to find that part of yourself that gives less fucks, um, <laughs> and so that's that's been a big sort of journey I, I i have to balance that out and i have to my balancing that out i have to make time for myself for whether it's you know getting a massage whether it's sitting in infrared sauna having a stretch going to the gym that helps me balance out my adrenals if i didn't have that i'd go insane mm-hmm. and i'd be a lot unhealthy i might you know you might look all right on the outside but on the inside mentally and and physically i'm sure it would eat away at me even more especially with mm. my adrenals um and part of that i you know, i do a lot of work on myself but i've i've had a lot of um just yeah little injuries as we spoke about the bicep tore off the off the bone oh um God, how at the did moment i've got tendonitis to so i had to yeah i had to have surgery get it retouched and then i was in a sling for six weeks and then you know it took about six months to get back to that was pretty quick recovery um but, you know, tendinitis at the moment, like in my forearms, all through Ninja Warrior, you know, I do push myself to a certain degree and there's always that balance. I'm, you're trying to push and challenge yourself that you, so your body goes stronger, but you push too far and you'll injure yourself. And I'm always on that cusp. And that's one thing I've got to, you know, I, I know I do push myself like that and so I do open myself up to injury. So I've got to always find that balance. If I tip over one side, things start to break. You know, and some of that may be as well. From I've done a lot of work from a mental, emotional point of view of um, always pushing myself. And when you are go, 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 push, 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 it can turn into physical injuries. You know, when you're not, when you're not centered, you kick your foot on the ground. You you forget your keys. You you know all those little things. Mm. So I've really got to work on being centered when I am full steam ahead. And one thing I did a bit of work last year with a an energetic sort of healer working on chakras i've had a lot of back issues for a while and it's not good being a chiropractor having back issues which <laughs> that actually started when i was 15 which is why i became a chiropractor but you know over time they are they are taking their toll on me and part of actually being a chiropractor is a big physical stress on my body i'm constantly bent over a bit and working on people and putting forces through them which those same forces that go through them go through me and
1: they're coming so out of
0: you. yeah so I, you can't
1: adjust yourself either.
0: Yeah, it's hard, <laughs> unfortunately. it's hard. So you know, I can do the right movement. I work on all that. But so yeah, I'd been working on my back, and I'm like, is there another level of this? Is there a more of a, a spiritual thing of why, or a you know, a mental emotional thing behind why you know my back is not healing as much as I'd like it to? And so I went to a, a person, and one of the things she was saying, she was saying that you know, when you're so driven and you're you're all about getting somewhere and you're looking ahead and it's um, you're constantly driven to be better, to be better, to be better, that's a great thing. But what it can subconsciously be saying to yourself is that where you are at the moment is not good enough. And that's where I had to be careful of of that, constantly wanting to be better. I had to make sure I have to do it on a regular basis and stop and go, hang on, but where I am right now is very good and I have to give gratitude to that and make sure I stop to do that because, um, yeah, if you're constantly in a way, subconsciously, your brain's always listening and if it's that little you not quite good enough at the moment, that's not a good place to live in yeah, in the that's present.
1: Yeah, so, that resonates so strongly with me because I have the same thing where I just go, 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 go and I forget that the, the only moment you have is the one you're in and mm. if you're always mentally in the next minute, then you're never actually enjoying yeah. anything. So, like, what's it all for? Yeah, And I think today we glorify being busy as well. We glorify mm. success and achievement and productivity, which is great because we're all achieving so much, but then you lose sight of all the stuff that you're meant to do as well. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there's another quote, you can tell I love quotes. There's another quote that I love, which is, you'll never do a good job if a good job is the only thing you do. And that's what the problem is with these days is we've gone into a very linear life where we're working or resting And we're resting so we can work again. But there's nothing else. Play. Where's play? Mm -hmm. Like no one plays anymore. And you introduce yourself to someone and you say your name and then what do you do? not who are you or what do you like it's what do you do for a job what do you what output are you creating into the universe so what do you do to play do you do anything do you have an identity outside your work i've turned
0: a lot of my work into play that's what i've i've definitely done you know the acting side of things it's funny you think you get paid to go and and you know muck around even though (laughs) some days it does feel like work when you got to get up super early but you know, you're you're essentially playing and sharing moments with people. You're very locked on at that time with someone else. Um, you know, when I'm when I'm with TRM. You know, when I'm either like I, every now and then I get to train someone one on one, or I'll get to um, to jump on the phone with them or whatever. You know, you're very present, and I've got to really. Enjoy those moments where I am present like that, or it could be on the weekend. I just shot some stuff, so I'm now doing a bit more producing and creating I campaigns. Saw
1: that. and, That's amazing, you know, so,
0: yeah. So, I with Robots Production, so I love the creativity that comes from that, you know, being in it and creating it at that moment. It's you kind of look at it and you're like, We know I was, I was dressed up in a suit, but we were like, kind of mimicking me being a horse so i'm in this what do you call it where the you know where the, the horses jump over all the logs and stuff what yeah, Cav- yeah. Cavali- cavalier cavalier or whatever they call them cavatellis or something like that um i'm like running around them in a suit you know Jumping over these things and (laughs) it's, you know, some people call it work. I'd call it pretty much play. Yeah,
1: which is awesome. I think some people are lucky enough to be able to find their play and their joy in their work. Some people have to find it outside of work because once you turn it into a work, you know, like with acting – once you turn a hobby into a job, sometimes it can it can kill the joy. Yeah, yeah. Um. Do you do anything that's just for the sake? Like, do you? I have recently found that one way of managing my anxiety, because we do work so intensely on you know a couple of different businesses, podcasts, yep. like lots of different things going on, is I need to separate myself completely from that. So putting my phone away and. Just watching TV or mm. reading a book or board games, puzzles, we've started doing. Yep, we've gone yep. right back to like regress to childhood. Do you yeah. guys do anything like that? How do you movies, and Anna switch up? Movies
0: are a big one. Yeah. You know, cooking. I love cooking, like just switch off, bang, cook and, you know, shopping for cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I find walking around the aisles of the supermarket, I can do it for ages, you know. That's kind of like my big switch off. Definitely exercise is another one. But just sitting on the couch, going to a movie, at the movies, yeah. you know. Um, is that your ideal date
1: night?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. We usually go, there's a little Italian restaurant we go to and then we go to the movies. And oh, that's cute. just, you know, total switch off um, and you get to... Not I don't you know, escape into another world. Not like I need to escape from this world, but it is just that time where you can totally switch off and mm. um be in a different place in a way, you know? Yeah. So that's that's probably our little thing. Or we'll go down and we'll get a foot massage.
1: Oh no. Nice. But I have to some
0: sometimes where I know, you know, where I've got other stuff to do, I'll sit there getting a foot massage and I'm actually working on my phone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I have <laughs> you to put that
1: away. <laughs> yeah, I need to
0: kind of um yeah, sometimes I'll do a half where I go, I'll do a half hour foot massage, half hour massage and I know that the actual half hour massage, I'm going to be face down, I have to switch You can't off. have your phone. Yeah.
1: yeah, And I mean, you guys do work in similar industries and you work in a very flexible way, so it doesn't feel like work a lot of the time, but sometimes it means you guys are living in different states and how do you you know, make room for your personal life? How do you deal with... Being so public with everyone pumping out articles every five minutes that you're having babies, and you yeah. know, that must be at, on one level very flattering that people are that interested, and great if it means you can have a platform for Robard's method and the stuff you do want to share, but yeah, yeah. on the other hand, can be really intrusive. And yeah, I think,
0: I think if you, you know, you've got to respect and expect that if you are going to have some of the positive thing, the fun things that come out of that sometimes you get invited in nice events and you know you do get the opportunity to then connect with more people and with a business like the robots method you know all that sort of stuff you you've got to take the positive with the negative so if you just you know you can't just arc up and go oh you know you shouldn't be taking photos of me here you you've got to take that in and just it is what it is and i, I look at things as always a perfect balance of positive and negative and everything so yeah you've got to take that on and that's part of it you can be smart around that you know you you don't do and say stupid things you don't you know one thing you can't necessarily walk out of the house in your shit clothes um <laughs> at certain times but um i mean it's not so bad these days with us it's yeah you, know, you just got to be a little more conscious of what you're saying do you can't go out and get Blind on, you know, and legless coming out of a club and things yeah. like that, you know, which is good. So, it's, Probably like, no a, it's risk like a Yeah, anyway. no, yeah. It's like <laughs> a, well, with Anna, maybe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys party animals. I mean, what what kind nah, of a couple nah, are We're you?
0: so, we're so, you know, we go out for dinners these days with the friends. Anna, they, Anna does, they call her vintage Anna. So that comes out every now and then. Oh, yeah. You know, couple, I've got vintage A couple Sarah, extra roses. Yeah. Um, and there, but um, <laughs> no, nah, we're we're both pretty good, you know. We still have fun, but we don't go crazy. Yeah, I mean, so, she's
1: she's a criminal lawyer, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, her job would be quite demanding. And yeah, 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 do you find and it hard? She sees up?
0: all the people that kind of you know have those little slip ups, and she's usually representing them. Oh, sorry. so yeah. <laughs> it's
1: good deterrent. <laughs> yep, very good deterrent. Oh, so just to finish up, I would like to ask people three interesting things about them that don't normally come up in interviews. So. Not work-related, not, you know, even hobby-related, just weird, quirky things like a weird middle name or do you have any tattoos or any... I
0: I don't have any tattoos because my dad was always like, if you ever get any, I'll take to you with sandpaper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, and I've always kind of just liked nice skin in a way, like on girls so oh. I and on yourself obviously um <laughs> so yeah no tattoos um i i did you know i went to a um i went to a drama class when i was younger i went to like one shat myself and you know i look back now and i'm like i wish i'd have started back when i was eight and <laughs> yeah. kept going you know but i was such a shot i was such a shy kid growing up i don't know Way. where that came from but i was just You know, I I played one year in a soccer team, and I remember I'd always be nervous going out, just even playing on my team, going to training. Um, You know, I was I was a pretty shy kid, and to come to I guess a lot of things I do now, get up and talk in front of you know thousands of people and be on a show in front of millions of people, like it's it's changed, but it's I still you know do get shy, but I've just got to you know you just go through that phase of not caring so much or you know, trying to make it about them and not less about you. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, you can see over there I play the piano.
1: I was going to ask haven't about that. haven't played in a while. Is that part of your joy? Um, Is that, that how you was, yay? Yeah, it
0: was funny. When I was growing up again, Mum, mum was, you know, I don't know whether it was my choice – I think initially I wanted one that there was this guitar you could get, right? And you literally, it wasn't a guitar with strings. It had buttons. So, it was like oh, super easy. You, little, just, you just hit buttons. With all buttons. the lights? Yeah. Well, like it was decent. I forget the name of it. Yeah, something you could press buttons. <laughs> and it was like the poor man, like the easy man's kind of way to play a guitar. And instead of getting me that, Mum got me a keyboard, electric keyboard one year. And I was like, oh, really?
1: Oh, it's not the same thing, and
0: mom. It's like, all right. I'll learn. So, <laughs> I, learned, you know, I started playing the keyboard and got lessons and... And then they're like, look, if you keep going, we'll get your piano. Got that and grew up with a piano and had lessons. And I literally, I'd go to my lesson, I wouldn't practice all week. I'd go back and I'd be exactly the same as I was the week before. So my piano (laughs) teachers, man, it must have taken me months and months and months to learn like one song. (laughs) So less
1: maybe isn't more. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, not, not when it comes to piano. So that was something, you know, now actually I don't get to play it a lot, but when I do, I actually really appreciate that. That's another time where I can totally switch off when i really need it and you're just so focused and you can actually once you get to a certain level you can start to really put like your emotion into how you play the music Mm. and that's been a really nice little outlet i need to do it more it's probably been like Four months in, six months since I've played.
1: It. <laughs> yeah, I play a lot of instruments. I find it really cathartic to yeah, get lost in, yeah. you know, a new song, and, yeah. and I also play drums randomly, and that's when you can really like bash out, out a good yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> some yeah, emotions yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and what's your third thing?
0: Third thing. Um, I. I, I love that you had braces loved, when you were a kid. Yeah, I had braces. I love to cook. Um, I'm. Yeah, what else do I love to do? I don't know. So many things. I pick my nails. I'm picking my nails right now. <laughs> I don't use nail clippers. I just pick Neither do yeah. I think
1: it's a guy thing. <laughs> so gross. I was making the bed the other day and I was like, Nick, there's fucking fingernails all <laughs> over the room. <laughs> so gross. Uh, and the very last question, since I yep. love motivational quotes so much, do yep. you have a favorite motivational quote?
0: Um, I've got a few you would have seen on my vision board out there. Um,
1: I also love few, that's a, that's you know, the third thing that yeah, you make vision boards. Yeah, the vision board. I, I love think that. Like,
0: there's a few on there. Like you know, I've never met a hater doing better than me. You know. Yeah. Um, I you know in the public eye, there's a lot of people that will try and pull you down. So you got to remind yourself of that. Absolutely. And I did mean to
1: ask you, have you guys had many haters? Because we're, you know, a lot smaller profile than you guys and have had that already. So, <laughs> and I was like, I've made it. I've got a hater. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Have yeah, you nah, had that? You, yeah, you get that. And sometimes it's good. You, you, you reassess and you go, okay, what they're saying, is there anything in it or is it just them? Um, and sometimes you go, oh, you know what, I am being a bit of a dick or I am being a bit mm. this or that, you know. But most of the time it's just them and they are just got their own issues and you can't take that on yourself. And it's uh, a
1: compliment that you're creating enough waves yeah to make people feel And that's way. where
0: it comes back to one of the other best it's not so much a motivational quote but it's one that i really work on and, and you know and let me get it right <laughs> um i i get it but i don't always get it out right <laughs> but it's <laughs> yeah. basically well there's probably a couple if you, you need to love all parts of yourself before anyone else will love you you know to love all parts of someone else and that's Real love between two people is where you do love all parts of that other person. Um, so I kind of work on that, but within myself. So it's owning all those things and going, yeah. Sometimes I can be a bit of a bit of an arrogant dickhead, or I can be um, jealous, or I can be this, or can be that. Not disowning parts of yourself, yeah. actually owning all parts and then loving all parts, and then you open yourself up more likely for other people to love you. You know, if you don't love yourself, who else will? Yeah. So that's kind of you know you need that first before you're going to get any other kind of success I think, so that's probably the best motivational quote. Yeah, and it's very
1: very powerful because I think that's the thing we all look outwardly. So as a default, we look outside for things to make you know fill holes, but the work is all on you.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. People. That's people in relationships. They're looking outwardly for someone to come in and be their partner and fill a void or a gap in them but you know if you're in that it's only ever going to be toxic or parasitic you know yeah. it's like you need them to live off whereas when you can totally just be whole within yourself and then someone else can come into your life and sort of compliment you and you have this journey together you're not they're not filling a part an empty part of you and I think most of us so many of us have got to work on filling those empty parts of us with ourselves, not with someone else
1: yeah very good advice. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having us in your home today and joining you. You on the show. This was awesome.
0: You've got a little so deep there. Many, anyway. I Ooh.
1: know, so many levels to Timmy yeah, Robards. Yeah. So, we will put in the show notes links to the Robards Method, uh, Tim's Instagram, and all the other resources that you need. And we're about to record a Robards Method workout, which we'll also share now that the weather's the sun's sort come of. come out. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. so stay tuned and I hope you are seizing your yay. So you can see there's so much more you can learn from this clever cookie and I'll include links to everything in the show notes, of course. Our quick Robards Method workout was super windy, so I'm just working on the audio now and we'll hopefully have it ready for you soon. Hope you enjoyed today and if you did, please screenshot and share as you have been or leave a review. It's been so, so wonderful to hear all your kind feedback. So thank you so much for taking the time. And of course, if you haven't yet subscribed already, hit the subscribe button now so you can find your way to seizing the yay.